to the teaching ministry of Pastor Jay Eberly. Get ready to be empowered through the understanding of God's Word. Go ahead and open it if you brought it to the book of uh, Mark, the 11th chapter. We're going to start this morning in Mark, the 11th chapter. And uh, we're going to be continuing what we've been sharing in uh, the last couple of services on the subject of faith. We are people of faith. It's not enough that Jesus died for us. It's not enough that he rose from the dead, conquered Satan, and gave us the authority of the believer and provided many privileges in Christ. We must, that's this provided by the grace of God for us, but without faith, you and I will not enter into it. And it's important that we live by faith because the just shall live by what? Faith. faith. They shall live by faith. Amen. And so we're talking about how to live for God, how to serve God, how to fight the good fight of faith. Amen. And uh, the Bible said without faith, it's impossible to please God. You know, uh, without faith, you can't really fulfill your course, run your race, because Paul said, I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. Yes. Amen. Amen. And so we're learning about how to walk with God by faith and uh, receive from God because many things that Jesus provided for us, Christians don't enter into them because they don't know how. And we're teaching you how. Amen. Amen. So Mark 11, we find Jesus' words here in verse number 22 through 24 that uh, give us a lot of understanding about the subject of faith. We find Jesus in verse 22, after he had cursed the fig tree and it had withered away, Peter called to remembrance that it withered away. He said, have faith in God, Jesus said. Have faith in God. The margin says, have the faith of God. Now, in other words, there's more than one kind. This is the kind of faith that I have, Peter, and I want you to have. And that is the faith of God. Amen. Amen. We know there's other kinds of faith because Jesus appeared to uh, the disciples after he rose from the dead and, uh, and said, because uh, uh, remember Thomas had doubted that they, the report had come that Jesus had raised from the dead. Thomas had doubted it. And Jesus appeared to all of them with Thomas there and he said, Thomas, you didn't believe. Be not faithless, but believing. Yes. And then he said, reach hither your hand and thrust it into my side and touch the, thing, the print in my hand and uh, be not faithless, but believing. Yes. And then whenever he saw the print in his hand and the side wound, Thomas said to Jesus, uh, Behold my Lord and my God. Yes. In other words, now I believe you're raised from the dead. This is really you. Yes. My Lord and my God. Thomas said uh, he recognized Jesus. Now he believes Jesus raised from the dead. But, but why did he believe Jesus raised from the dead? Because he saw. Yeah. Because he saw. But Jesus said, uh, Because you've seen me, you have believed. Right. So he did believe, but it's not the God kind of faith. He believed because he saw. The God kind of faith believes because it hears what God said. Jesus had told them all he was going to raise from the dead. Thomas didn't believe that. Amen. So you got to have the God kind of faith if you're going to receive the blessings of God. The Thomas kind of faith will never get the blessings of God. Because Jesus said to Thomas, blessed are they that have not seen and yet believe. I haven't seen him, but I believe. Glory to God. So I'm blessed. That's how you get into the blessing. That's how you enter into the blessing. 
Hallelujah. So we're talking about that. Jesus said, have faith in God. Have the faith of God, translations say. Actually, the Greek says that. Have the faith of God. Now, Christians sometimes say, well, I could never have the faith of God. Well, of course you could. Of course you could. Because in Romans, we read it Wednesday night. God, Romans 12, 3. God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Yes. Amen. And if he's the one that dealt it, it came from him. It's his faith. Yes. And you have the measure of the God kind of faith. Yes. So don't say you don't have it because you do. Don't lie against God. God says you have the measure, and you say, well, I just don't have any faith like that. Well, somebody's lying about this. Either you or God's lying about it, and I know who to believe. I believe God, so I know you're not telling the truth. Now, a lot of times people say, I don't have faith because they don't feel like they have any faith. But faith is not of the feelings. It's not of the body. It's not of the mind. Faith is of the heart. Because he said right here in this next verse, verse 23, Verily I say unto you, in Mark 11, Whosoever shall say unto you, excuse me, say, say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt, where? In his heart, but shall what? Believe. Believe you could say in his heart. That uh, those things which he saith shall come to pass, he'll have whatever he saith. So here's a man that doesn't doubt something in his heart, but believes it and says it. And Jesus had just did that in, when it comes to cursing the fig tree. And uh, Jesus said that you and I are to do things like that. Right. Say it and believe it in our hearts. Yeah. Now, not just some wild thing we pull out of the air. I'm going to believe God that, my, my, uh, you know, that I get an oil well in my, back, my backyard. I'm not talking about you can't believe God beyond actual knowledge of what God said. Right. You have to have a thus saith the Lord yes. to believe God for something. Amen. Amen. You can't believe me beyond my word or another person beyond their word. Right. You have to take people at their word. If they don't say it, then you know that, that, that uh, you can't believe it. That's, right. That's the way God is. So we, we take things that God says. That's what we're talking about. Not some wild thing we pulled out of the air. Uh, see, people have done that, and then they said, see, that faith business doesn't work. Well, it works. You just didn't, you, you weren't really in faith. You were just pulling something out of the air, believing it. You can't pull out of the air. Like somebody might say, well, I'm just going to believe that Pastor Jay is going to give me his pickup truck. <laughs> well, what are you basing that on? Right. Well, I can have what I say. No, see, people misunderstand. Right. Yeah. You have to be able to believe it in your heart too. And believing in the heart is based on actual knowledge. Yes. Yeah. Without knowledge. See, faith begins where knowledge begins. If God said that, uh, that he, will take, he took all your infirmities and bore your sicknesses, well, then you can believe that. Right. Now you have Bible knowledge. Yes. And you can't believe that I will give you my pickup truck unless I say, come next Sunday and I'll have the title, I'll have the keys, I'll have everything, and I'm going to give you my pickup truck. Now you can believe you received a pickup truck. But before that, you can't believe it. You can try. Go ahead and try. <laughs> it's going to take a move of God for me to get, get, in the mo get in the notion of doing it, but God says do it. I'll do it. No, I'm not attached to it. I'm attached to Jesus. Whatever he says do, that's what we do. Amen. But the point I'm saying is people just try to use this principle outside of the Bible and it doesn't work for them. Then they, then they say, well, see, that faith business doesn't work. Oh, it works. You just didn't work it. Hang around longer than that rather than just get, rather than just get enough knowledge to be dangerous. 
get, get established in the word. Amen. So Jesus said, have faith in God. Take what God said and start believing it and start acting like it's so and watch God work and start saying it and watch God work. He'll come, he'll, he'll be faithful to his word. I'll promise you that. So here we've got, we've got knowledge then that Jesus is talking about the God kind of faith here. And we see that faith is of the heart and of the mouth. Faith it must be in two places. It must be in your heart. You must, you must believe it in your heart, but you also must have it in your actions or in your confession. Confession is included in actions. Um, but without it being in both places, it will not work. You can just go through the motions and not, have it, not believe it in your heart and it won't work. Right. Or you can believe it in your heart and not act on it and it won't work. Yeah, that's right. It takes both. Remember over there in Romans 10, 9 and 10, we looked at it on Wednesday night. It says, just go over there. We'll, we'll take some time to look at these scriptures again. We read in the 10th chapter of Romans, verse 9 and 10. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. Jesus is Lord, you might say. Is my Lord, really. Then shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. So notice you see confession with the mouth and you see believing in the heart. Then he said it again in verse 10. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You see it again, heart and mouth. Yes. Or let's put it this way, heart and actions. Yes. And, and the m- mouth is part of actions. <laughs> yes. Yes. But uh, so we find then that faith must be in two places. Yes. Well, in order to continue in our study of faith, on Wednesday night we looked at the fact that Jesus Uh, or the Bible tells us in Romans 12, verse number 3, that God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Amen. How many of you were here Wednesday night? Then it says in 2 Thessalonians 3, 2, uh, that God is going to deliver us from wicked and unreasonable men. Then he said, for all men have not faith. Wait a minute. Now, it looks like a contradiction here. He said, God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Then he said, all men have not faith in that other passage. Which one's right? Well, you look at Romans 12, 3, which we did on Wednesday night. He said, I say to every man among you, he's writing to the church. He's writing to believers. He's writing to people born again. And he says, God has dealt to every one of you the measure of faith. But in in this passage in 2 Corinthians 3, 2, he says, God delivers us from wicked and unreasonable men for all men have not faith. Talking about wicked men don't have faith. They They don't have the God kind of faith. They don't have God's faith because they're not born again. When a man gets born again, faith, love, joy, peace, the fruit of the Spirit, all those things come into a man's spirit. And God gave us the measure of the God kind of faith. The kind of faith that Jesus used to curse the fig tree, we have a measure of that. The kind of faith that God used to said, let there be light, we have a measure of that. Somebody said, are you saying we're going to create planets? Well, by a thousand times, no. That's beyond your realm of authority. We're not talking about just trying to do what God can do. We're talking about in your realm of authority in your life and in line with the Word of God. Amen. Amen. I think most people are sane enough to understand that, but yet there always is an insane one or two in the congregation, you know. They're just trying to do weird things and crazy things. Amen. And they're out there beyond the Word. I'm going to stay inside of the Word. 
So we find then that God's dealt us that measure of faith. Then we looked at some other scriptures. Uh, actually, we looked at some of them. Let me, let me uh, just read some of these to you that shows us that God gave us this measure of faith. We remember last uh, Wednesday night we talked about this. It says over in Ephesians 2, 8, uh, By grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Well, what is the gift of God? What is not of works? What is it that is of God? Well, I believe he's talking about salvation there. He said, by grace are you saved through faith. Is he talking about grace? Is he talking about salvation? Or is he talking about faith? Well, I believe specifically he's talking about our salvation that came through grace. Yes. Or by grace through faith. Yes. But yet, right on the other hand, we looked at this on Wednesday night. I don't know if you've ever seen this or not. I'll go to it again, or at least we'll refer to it. First Timothy 1.14, it says that when we got saved by grace, that grace was accompanied with faith and love. Amen. It was accompanied, the Amplified says, it was accompanied by faith and love. Yeah. Well, what does that mean? If you look up the word accompanied, it means to go along with, and it means inevitable. In other words, if you're born again by grace, the, the, what God did for you, it is inevitable that you got the measure of the God kind of faith. Amen. You now have faith and love and peace and joy. That's a fruit of your born again recreated human spirit. That's in you now. Somebody said, but I'm so tormented. Well, that's your mind. I'm talking about what's down in your spirit. You have the peace that passes all understanding. Learn to ha tap into that and let your mind rest on the peace of God on the inside. Anyway, so that verse tells us that we receive the measure of the God kind of faith. Now, we didn't look at this one on uh, Wednesday night, but I want you to go there. First, excuse me, yeah, the first chapter of 2 Peter. Look at this. You got your shouting clothes on? 2 Peter chapter number 1, verse number 1. Peter's writing, he said, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ... He said to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia. Uh, where am I at here? 1 Peter 1.1. 1, 1. Uh, I'm in 2nd. Okay, you're in 1 Peter. You're in, where are you? You're in 2 Peter. I'm in 1 Peter. Okay. Uh, okay, second mistake I made since I was born. 2 <laughs> Peter 1.1. 1, 1. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us, oh, through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, is that verse true? I said, is that verse true? When you got born again, see, when you became the righteousness of God, the faith of God was obtained. Yes. You obtained, do you see that? Yes. Like precious faith. Yes. Now I got to blow a, blow a religious theory out of the water. Is that all right? Yes. Or to put it another way, barbecue a sacred cow. Yes. How are we going to, what are we going to barbecue? This, this idea, well, those were the apostles. They could do that. Oh. Well, he said, I didn't get anything that you didn't get. Right. I obtained like precious faith just like all you got. Listen to this. The Knox translation says, who share with us the common privilege of faith. Amen. The Weymouth says, who have been allotted a faith of equal privilege with ours. Yeah. 
Woo! Here's this great apostle that God used to help start the church. He said, I didn't get anything you didn't get. My faith is of equal privilege to you. Then he said, good speed, who have, this is the good speed translation, who have been given a faith as privileged as ours. He's saying all those that I'm writing to, they were given a faith as privileged as ours. Revised Standard Version, you have obtained a faith of equal standing as ours. You think of great saints throughout the church age, you have equal standing as them before God. And you got an equal faith as they got. Philip says, who have been given a faith as valuable as ours. Praise be to God forever. If that don't light your fire, your wood's wet. Glory be to God. I am not a second-class citizen of the kingdom of heaven. I did not get a second-class faith. Well, it just seems like some people have more than me. They didn't start out with more. They didn't start out. They got the same measure you got. But they just developed what they got. People say all kinds of things. I just don't have faith like other people have. Well, you're going by your feelings. Your feelings don't have faith. Your feelings or the devil will never tell you you have this major of faith. You stop uh, talking about your feelings and go ahead and agree with God. Don't call him a liar and say, I just don't have any faith. Well, you sure do. Now go over to Hebrews 12 too. You got your shouting clothes still on? See, you're, while you're turning to Hebrews 12 too, you're created in the, now listen to me, you're created in the image of God. That's what it says in the book of Genesis. In his image and in his likeness. I know you're going to Hebrews 12. I'm just saying something to you as you go there. You're created in his image. And then I'm going to say this, and people misunderstand it, but I'll explain what I'm saying. You're in his image and in his class. Now people say, oh, dear God, there you go. Now I'm not talking about we're equal with God or we are God or something like that. I'm not talking about that. What I mean by class is I mean in the class of being that he is, he is a spirit being. That's what I'm talking about. God, remember Jesus was uh, talking to the woman at the well. You know, we worship in, in this mountain and you Jews in the temple. And uh, uh, God said, or they, uh, this woman asked Jesus, uh, you know, who's right, basically? Where, do we, where are we supposed to worship? He said, God is a spirit. God is a spirit. They that worship him, worship him in spirit and in truth. So God is a spirit. And we are spirit beings. Dear God, these people that talk about evolution... How on earth is it that if we evolve from, you know, from amoeba that crawled out of the goo, like somebody said, from the goo to the zoo to you, you know, if that's, if we crawled out of, we were an amoeba that crawled out of the goo and then somehow graduated to the zoo, then tell me this, how did we ever become spirits then? Animals don't have spirits. The Bible said so. They have souls and emotions. They can pout. My cat pouted all weekend. She's locked out in the, you know. Amen. They have emotions, but they don't have spirits. They're not spirit beings. We're created in God's image. What's that mean? We're, one, of the, one of the things it means is that we are spirit beings. We are spirit beings. And being spirit beings, because the Bible said, I pray God, 1 Thessalonians 5, what is that, verse 20-something, 20 20, 21, I think. Anyway, I'm, 
you do some study on your own, you know, but it talks about, I pray God, your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless. So man, man is a spirit being. Humans, you know what I mean by man, are spirit beings. So we are in God's class. That's what I mean by saying in God's class. I don't mean we're God. I don't mean what people want to make. They, they, people try to make you say things you didn't say. I'm not saying we're God. I think most of us can look around and agree that none of us are God. <laughs> I'm talking about when I say in God's class, we are spirit beings like God is a spirit. Hallelujah. And being spirit beings who talk, God has a voice. God talks. Humans talk. Somebody said, animals talk too. No, they don't. They go, oof, oof, chirp, chirp, meow. They do all things. They don't talk. They just make noises. That's true. That's right. And there's a level of communication. I understand that. But they don't talk intelligently like a human being. So we are spirit beings. We're in God's class. We are speaking spirits, and we are very capable of the God kind of faith. Because of we being spirit beings, we can believe something in our hearts. Come on now. Yeah. And we can say it with our mouths yeah. and it comes to pass. Yeah. In line with the word. Again, not something weird outside of the word. Right. Amen. Now, if you found Hebrews 12 too, if you uh, found it, read this with me out loud. King James Version out loud. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. But you notice the first part. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Author. He's the author of it. You know, my wife just wrote a book. You were, I mean, they were announcing it. She's the author of that book. In other words, she's the source of that. You know, based on the word. I'm not yes, talking yeah. about, right. I'm just saying that she wrote the book based on the word. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Amen. So, so, and some translations will say that rather than the word author, some translations will say he's the source. Yes. One translation says source. Another translation says rather than finisher, perfecter. Yeah. So our faith came from him. Yes. Where'd you get this faith? It's really his. He gave us a measure of his. Yes. Now, we said on... Uh, we said on Wednesday night, I'm just recapping a few things, and it doesn't hurt us to go over things we've already talked about. But it says over there in Romans 12, 3, we keep talking to, referring to it this morning, never have turned to it, but it says there, I say to every man among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God has dealt. Now listen to this. To every man the measure of faith. Yes. God has dealt. Yes. Dealt. Yes. That word in the Hebrew, mean, I mean not the Hebrew, the Greek, it means has divided up into parts and allotments and distributed. Amen. And it's translated in Mark 6, 41, when Jesus divided the loaves and the fishes, it says divided them among them all. That same Greek word there is translated dealt over in Romans 12, 3. So just like Jesus divided the fish and divided it up to everybody in that crowd that day, he divided his faith to all of us when we got born again. Amen. We got the measure of the God kind of faith. Yes. Luke 12, 13 says, And one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. Same Greek word there. 
You know what dividing the inheritance means. It means dividing into portions for all the kids and give it out. So when he dealt to us the measure of faith, it's like dividing up an inheritance. It's like dividing up what he has to give to us. And then 2 Corinthians, or excuse me, 1 Corinthians 7, 17, God has distributed as God has distributed to every man, as the Lord hath called every man, so let us walk. And so ordain I in all the churches. Praise be to God. And so God's divided up his faith and given it to all of us. We got shares. We're now shareholders in God's faith. Tell your neighbor, did you know you own shares? Amen. So we looked at that, and what we found is, that being so, and faith being the victory that overcomes the world, faith being how you resist the devil and he'll flee from you, whom resist, the Bible says, steadfast in your faith. That's how you resist the devil. That's how you take and obtain the promises of God. That's how you uh, fight the good fight of faith in all these things God tells us to do. That being so then, hallelujah, we know then that uh, this, this faith is valuable. Yes. It's not something we should just say, well, we'll put it over here and, and whenever we go to heaven, we'll take it to heaven and say, here it is, God, you gave me this faith. No, we should produce something with it. Amen. We're to do something with it. Now, um, what we see is that the, uh, this measure of faith is the great equalizer. You can, you know, sometimes people, they make excuses. Well, you know, I was born on the wrong side of the tracks. Our family never was wealthy or never was famous or never had anything or, you know, they'll make excuses and they'll say, well, because of that, you know, I don't have an education. I just don't have many opportunities. You know, people don't, I don't know why my boss won't give me a raise. Blah, blah, blah. Just excuse after excuse after excuse. Whenever, what, what God dealt to you is able to change any of those things. Hallelujah. Don't make excuses because when God dealt everybody the same measure of faith, he basically, uh, he, that made it, that God made everything equal. Everybody has an equal opportunity. Amen. Don't make excuses. Well, I wanted that to go over better, but you need to hear that. Many people have gotten born again by their faith, but then they never thought about doing anything else with it. But you need to learn as you would become skilled with the tool to do things with the tool. You need to learn to recognize the faith you have and use it, listen to this, on purpose. And use it just like you would use the love of God. Just like you would use patience to endure hard times or endure people or whatever. <laughs> Amen. Are you out there? Learn to use it. And what Jesus is telling us here in Mark 11 is here's how you use it. Believe it in your heart. Take God's word and establish it in your heart. Believe it and then begin to say what you believe and it will come to pass. You can do that on forgi with forgiveness. People don't feel like they've forgiven somebody, but it's not a feeling, it's a choice. The, the, apostles, the apostles asked Jesus in Matthew 17, how many times should we forgive? Seven times? Peter probably thought, that's surely enough, seven times. And Jesus said, no, 70 times seven. And what did the disciples say after that? Lord, increase our faith. <laughs> that was beyond their faith. 
Well, what did Jesus say after that? He said, no, no, you misunderstand. You don't forgive by faith. Is that what Jesus said? No. He basically agreed with them by saying, yes, that's how you do it. You do it by faith. You forgive by faith. Because you don't feel like it sometimes. Some people you don't feel like forgiving at all. You feel like praying for them. Lord, kill them now. You know, like, that's not the love of God and that's not your faith. <laughs> Keeping some of you awake this morning. Some of my chief ameners aren't here this morning. So, I... All right, so you do forgive, but use this in all these different areas. Use it when you go to God to repent from something you did and you just don't feel like God forgave you because your feelings, all that condemnation the devil puts on you. You know, use your faith. Use 1 John 1, 9 and put faith in that. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So when you go and you confess it, you can go to God after that and say, Father, I want to thank you that you heard me and that you forgave me. I want to thank you that you cleansed me from all unrighteousness. The devil's standing beside you, whispering in your ear, saying, he did not. You are guilty, guilty, guilty. You say, Father, I just want to thank you that you did, even though the devil says you didn't. Thank you. First John 1, 9 says you did. Believe that and say it. Hallelujah. When you don't know what to do, when you, when you need wisdom, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. That gives to all men liberally and upbraideth not. But let him ask in faith. Nothing, the King James says wavering. It means doubting or differing in the, in the Greek. Nothing wavering, nothing doubting. So use your faith when it comes to wisdom, needing wisdom. How do you use your faith when it comes to wisdom? You ask for wisdom and then you say, Father, I want to thank you that you heard me. So I now have wisdom. Thank you. I know what to do. Go to 1 John then when it says in the second chapter, the 27th verse, the anointing abides in me and teaches me all things. He's leading me and teaching me at all things. So I'm being led in this decision I'm making. He's teaching me. I have the wisdom of God. What are you doing? You believe in that verse in your heart and saying it with your mouth and then act like it. Amen. And you can just apply this to any area of life. How about divine healing? We talk about that a lot. Divine healing is provided in your redemption. It's part of the package. I mean, it's one of the benefits. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, forget not all his benefits. Forgiveth all thine iniquities, number one. Healeth some of your diseases, you know. No, all thy diseases. Well, make your claim of faith on that. Himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. And Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And I'm part of all. And he's no respecter of persons. He's the same today, so I'm healed today. Father, I believe I receive that in my heart. It's mine now. Thank you. And now I go my way saying, thank you, I'm healed. <laughs> Somebody said, how do, you, how do you do that? Well, just like Jesus said here, say it and don't doubt it in your heart. Now, you can say unto things. Jesus said that mountain, for example, be removed. You can say of the Lord. The Old Testament the psalmist said, I will say of the Lord. He is my refuge and my strength. See, don't just call him Savior. Call him healer. Call him provider. Call him wisdom giver. Call, call him the peace that passes all understanding. <laughs> call him the friend that sticks closer than a brother. Just, just take the scriptures and call him that to yourself. The one who gives his angels charge over me to keep me in all my ways. See, can you see where believers are coming short? They're not acting on the word. So life is difficult, but it doesn't have to be. 
Amen. So you can say two things. You can say of the Lord. You can say, remember the Bible says over there in James chapter number three, he said the tongue is as, as a rudder on a ship or a bit in a horse's mouth. You can basically say things and things will start to go that direction. Amen. You can say to a storm, now you go that direction. I'm talking about tornadoes. Somebody said, now you know that wouldn't happen. No, I don't know that. In fact, I know it does happen. Amen. Amen. I could tell testimonies. But anyway, uh, and, and you can say, remember the man in Jesus, Jesus ministered to that man in Luke 7, I believe Luke 8, I guess it was. He had the, uh, he, this, he was a centurion, his servant was sick. And he went down there, actually sent one, trans, one, one, one of the gospels says he sent friends down there. Mm -hmm. And to get Jesus, come to his house, and he lay hands on his servant, and he'd be healed. And then he, he, Jesus was on the way, and the centurion said, no, I'm not worthy you should enter. He sent people out to meet Jesus before he got to his house. I'm not worthy you should enter my roof. Remember that? That's right. yeah. But you just say in a word, yes. and my servant will be healed. Yes. Then he said, this is, this is how I know that'll work. Because he's a military man. He's, he's a centurion. That's, that's a, a Roman centurion is a soldier over in the Roman army, over, a th uh, excuse me, a hundred uh, soldiers. And so he said, I'm under authority. He said, you just say the word and it, it, my servant will be healed. And here's the reason why. Because I'm under authority and I know how authority works. And you as one under authority under God, you can do what I do. I say to this soldier, go do this, and he does it. That soldier, go do that, and he does it. Or that soldier, come here, and he comes, and that soldier, go, and he goes. And to my servant, this man that's sick on the bed, you do this, and he does it. So you, he said to Jesus, you just say the word, and my servant will be healed because you're under authority just like me, and my authority gives me the right to tell things to go and come and... And Jesus marveled. He said, he turned around to his staff and said, I haven't even found faith like this in all Israel, including you guys. He, Jesus marveled at that man's faith. What was his faith? You just say the word, I'll believe it, and then it'll come to pass. So he's telling Jesus, that's the way I know how faith works and I, because I understand authority. See, that's why I've said several times, I'm not talking about saying things out beyond your authority. I can't say to the money in your bank account, jump into mine. That's just <laughs> dumb. Besides that, it's covetousness. Isn't that right? But anyway, so Jesus said, I've not found. So basically faith will, will call things and it'll come. It'll, it'll say go and it'll go. It'll say, Satan, you leave me alone and he'll leave. It'll say, I resist you and, and he will flee from you. It'll say, Lord, you give your angels charge over me. And the angels hearken to the voice of his word. And they'll bear you up in their hands. When you start digging into the Bible, you haven't even preached the Bible yet until you've preached faith. It's, it's just, that's just our side. It's our side of the gospel. It's our responsibility. So thank God for the word. Now, let's go a little bit further with this. Uh, my goodness. Let's just, let, here, we'll, we'll do this. What is faith? Faith is of the heart, first of all. Faith, there are some synonyms to faith you need to understand. Let me give you, give you these synonyms. Number one, confidence. Remember the Bible said in Hebrews 10, 35, cast not away, therefore, your 
confidence. Confidence. That's a synonym for faith. See, if you understand synonyms, you understand what faith is. Faith means confidence. When you believe something in your heart, that means you get to the place you're confident about it. And then we know in Hebrews 11.1, 1, this it doesn't appear very clearly in the King James, but Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, uh, you're talking about faith. It talks about, uh, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Yes. Faith is the substance. The Greek word there translated in the King James in English Bible, substance, is translated in two other places in the New Testament, confidence confidence. Uh, Hebrews 3.15 is one of them. I don't remember the other one. I think I wrote down only one of them. Excuse me, Hebrews 3.14. It's translated their confidence. Same Greek word, but in Hebrews 11.1, it's translated substance. So you could translate Hebrews 11.1, faith is the confidence of things hoped for. It literally means that which stands under and makes, listen to this word, that which stands under and makes sure. That's the literal translation of the Greek word translated substance. That which stands under and makes sure. It literally means a foundation. Do you know whenever you have a foundation, it makes that house solid? It makes that house sure? Amen. And you're confident that it's not going to, you know, just wash away with any little trickle of water coming through there? That's what it means there. Faith is the confidence. So whenever we say, believe something in your heart, that means keep feeding the Word of God into your spirit until your spirit man takes a hold of that and is sure of that. Well, why would I need to do that if the measure of faith is already in there? Let me tell you why. Because so many things we've heard lie against what what our faith in our heart is trying to get us to believe. People have trouble, for example, believing that by His stripes they are healed. Because all they've heard, their whole church life is Paul's thorns and Job's boils. They didn't hear a thing about Jesus' stripes. Because as soon as somebody said, let's pray for the, for the healing of this person. Well, you know, you know, Job's boils. We don't know for sure. And they'll pray, if it be thy will. See, if you put an if on a prayer of faith, that means you're not sure. That means you're not sure. That's no confidence. You don't have confidence. See, you got to meditate on the Word until you get sure. Yeah, Yeah, but what about? Job's bulls, Paul's thorns, all these things. Trophimus, have I let him lead him sick? And all these things people bring up. That's a Bible verse, by the way. People bring that up. You know what? When people say, when you read the Bible and they say, yeah, but what about? You know what? Yeah, but what about is? Doubt. Yeah, but what about? You've got to meditate on all those scriptures until you get to the place you see, oh, I see. I saw, but it wasn't God that put those boils on Job anyhow. It was Satan that did that. And Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. See, you've got to meditate on that word until you are sure from God's word of something. Now, people, they, they, what does faith mean? It means confidence. You could say it means being certain or being sure. People need to be able to say with certainty, it is the will of God for me to be well. And you don't get there overnight because of things you've heard in church circles. 
The, the greatest enemy to your faith is hearing the wrong things. Something other than the Word. Faith is built in a man's spirit, uh, in, in particular areas, is built through hearing. Remember Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. Well, somebody said, I thought we got the measure of faith when we were born again. Yeah, how'd you get that? You got it by hearing the gospel message. Amen. You understand? You heard that Jesus died on the cross for you and that He took your, your place and, and all your sin was put on Him. If you'll come and believe on that and accept that work as, as, as God's substitution for you, you confess that with your mouth, you'll be saved. Yes. You heard that, yes. and when you heard, faith came. Yes. Yes. Amen. But you need faith to come in all these other areas. Yes. Amen. Because you need to take that faith that came when you got born again and apply it to all these other yes. areas Amen. by hearing in all these other areas. Does that make sense? So then whenever you hear wrong things, which many of us have heard wrong things, things that weren't in line with the Word, you know, things like men's traditions, church traditions, and so forth and so on. You know, not everything that's preached is the Word of God. So when you hear all that, faith comes by hearing, and you develop faith to stay sick. You develop faith to be defeated. You develop faith to be chased around by the devil. Because, you know, God's teaching us something by doing all this. Well, God's not a lot. He's not the one doing a lot of it. And so people aren't certain whenever they pray, for example, for healing. They're not certain. They're not sure. That's another word. So these are words. Confidence. It means certain, sure. It means another word that the Bible uses is persuaded. It's one of my favorites. I remember whenever Paul was in, it was, he was in chains in, in, on trial, standing before King Agrippa. He's preaching the gospel to King Agrippa. And this is Acts 26, 28. He said to, uh, he's preaching the gospel to King Agrippa. And King Agrippa stopped and he said, almost persuadest thou me to be a Christian. Yeah. Well, how many of you know almost isn't enough? <laughs> but if he'd have kept on hearing, he could have got there. Yeah. Now, so he said there, almost persuadest thou me. Now you remember Romans 4, 21. The Bible talks about Abraham. He was fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. Fully persuaded. Praise God. I remember one time the Lord had me go to talk to a man in the hospital room. He said to his wife and family and all of us that the Lord told him don't have an operation, that he'd be fine without the operation. Except uh, in our hearts, we knew that had, the Lord hadn't said that, but you can't just argue with somebody. Right. Right. So uh, the Lord told me, I said, Lord, how do I approach this? He said, you just keep on saying whenever you're there visiting him, I'm going up in the elevator. And the Lord said, you just keep on saying to him, faith means you're certain. Faith means you're sure. Yeah. Yeah. In other words, you're sure God said that. You mean you're certain God said that. God could say to somebody, don't have an operation. Don't misunderstand me. But in this case, he's getting worse by the hour almost. Yeah. And uh, not going the right direction. He's getting worse. Yeah. I mean, if you're not making your connection, you better ring the buzzer and have the doctor come and yes. bring his knife. Yeah. You know, I'm telling you the truth about it. Live to serve Jesus another day. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Anyways, I sensed in my spirit the Lord hadn't said that to him. I sensed there was something else, but I didn't know what it was. So I was up there and I said to him, must have said it 20 or 25 times, faith means you're certain. I didn't argue with him. I said, just faith means you're sure. God said that. Faith means you're certain. God said that. I left and uh, he kept, you know, maintaining that God had said, don't have the operation. Except the next morning that we got called that he had wheeled, they had uh, wheeled him in that morning and had the operation. And the doctor said, we got him just in time. He was almost ready to die and saved his life. 
Well, later on, we found out that the Lord, he, he said to his wife later on, no, the Lord didn't actually say that. He said, whenever I went to sleep, that those words just stood before me in the nighttime. I'd wake up and those words would be just at the end of my bed. Yeah. Faith means you're sure. Faith means you're certain. Yes. He started thinking about, when did God say that to me? And he didn't really, God hadn't right. said that to him. Right. So he said to the doctor the next morning, get, get me, you know, operate on this. So they did and saved his life. But he said to his wife later, he said, the only reason I said that is because I wouldn't have gotten insurance benefits. I knew I would lose my insurance benefits if I'd have been, you know, had the operation and been recovered. Right. Well, that's not faith. Right. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Faith means you're certain. Faith amen. means you're sure. Yes. Persuaded. Yes. And guess what persuasion makes you? If you're fully persuaded, you're bold. Amen. Amen. Unbelief hesitates. And unbelief isn't sure. Unbelief doesn't want to commit. Faith goes ahead and steps out and is fully committed and it's bold. It's convinced. Hallelujah. No more yeah, but what abouts? Yeah, but what if we go under? Well, see, that's a doubt. You're not certain yet. Stick with the Word. Keep meditating in the Word until all those doubts are pushed out. I did it. I preached myself happy. Well, how do you do that? You keep on hearing. But just because you hear doesn't mean that uh, you are doing the right thing when you hear. You can mix tradition with what you hear. You can hear and say, yeah, but, you know, the way we believe it is. Or, you know, Dr. So-and-so down at the university, he said this. Uh -huh. I don't care what Dr. So-and-so at the university right. 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 said. That's right. I don't really care. I, what I'm interested in is what God said. Yes. Yes. Amen. 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 Well, praise the Lord. We're out of time already. I'm trying to get to more things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The just shall live by faith. Can you say that out loud? Let me just cover briefly, real briefly, one more thing here. People will say sometimes, I heard, I didn't hear him say it personally. I, I, some friends of ours told us about it, that a well-known minister today said, faith in America is at an all-time high. Just said that in the last five years or four or five years or so. I thought, oh my goodness, what? What, what galaxy are you living in? And then it dawned on me what he was saying. He's not saying what I'm saying whenever I say faith is at an all-time low. In other words, he's saying just general, just general belief. I mean, this isn't even true anyhow. But he's saying just general belief that Jesus is the Messiah. But you know that's not even true in America. Statistics just came out now that uh, in the last 10 years, eight percentage points, more people in America, by 8%, now don't believe anything. They really do. They just say they don't believe anything. Right. They, so they, their religion is uh, atheism or, or all that, whenever it's actually a religion. You know. I said it's a religion. Do you know that, uh, what's the evolution movement? That's a religion. You, you didn't know that. I could tell by some of your responses. One man wrote recently that the God that, that, that made everything evolved was the God of, uh, what do you call it? I'm, the person, I saw the quote. I'm trying to remember, like something like the, the confused God. 
because it was, it's so confused. Everything's confused. Matter's confused. Oh my goodness. But, but the thing you should have heard was not the word confusion. You should have heard the word God. Come on. I said, it's a religion. He's not talking about our God. He's talking about their God, the God of evolution. I told you it's a religion. Anyway, I know it takes a, it takes a lot of uh, strangeness to get to where they get. But here's the thing I'm trying to say, that, that people say, well, faith is an all-time high. Not the faith I'm talking about. See, the Bible says in Hebrews 12, verse number 6, he that cometh to God must believe that he is. He that cometh to God must believe that he is. Number one, that he exists. That he exists. Number two, that he is. Meaning that he exists as God. That means he can do anything. Yeah, are you following me? Number two, uh, if he can do anything, let's put it this way, that he is means, number one, he's God. Number two, that he is, that he's God, and therefore he can do anything. Number three, that he is means he not was, that he is now. Yeah. See, a lot of people believe God did some things in the past, but he's not God like that now. But the Bible says you must believe that he not just was, that he is. That he wasn't just the healer in the past, he is the healer now. He wasn't just the God who baptizes in the Holy Ghost in the past, back in the day of Pentecost. He is the baptizer in the Holy Ghost now. See, when people say faith is at an all-time high, they're not talking about what I'm talking about when I say, people say, well, I do believe. Well, what do you believe? Well, I believe God can. Well, that's good, but that's not enough. You must believe that it is His will. What you're praying about is His will. Because it says that He is and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. The word rewarder means a giver. People that are begging don't believe He is a rewarder, but believe He's a giver. I'm, I'm, doing some, I'm going over this fast. We'll pick up later and go into more detail. Hallelujah. How about he is what you need? Yes. How many of you remember God revealed himself on the, uh, to, to Abraham? He revealed himself as the I am that I am. Yes. Yes. Somebody said, I need this. I am that. That's what I am. Yes. Amen. I need to be delivered from this situation. I'm the deliverer. That's who I am. I need wisdom. I've been made unto you wisdom, and that's who I am. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I need strength today. I'm the strength of your life. That's who I am. I'm the provider. I need money. I'm the provider of all your needs according to my riches in glory. But do you believe that's who he is? People say, I believe God can, but do you believe that's who he is? That's who he is to you. Well, let's go a little bit further. You still there? Yes. Being that he is, that means he is right now. Amen. Amen. People say they have faith when they're just talking about general faith. Yeah. You hear Hollywood stars saying they have faith. Not specific. Yeah. It's kind of faith for anything that people believe. Oh, yeah, okay, I believe that too. Yeah. It's yeah. Mostly general faith is just unbelief. Yeah. You know what I mean by general faith? They don't believe anything specifically, but kind of everything generally. 
Like somebody I was talking to recently, I thought maybe they were about halfway a Christian. I wasn't sure. Until they talk, start talking about they went into this house and the, and the dog came up and really liked them. Most people, mo, mo, this dog's name was so-and-so. Well, that's my uncle. My uncle that died. That's my, well, I wonder if that dog is my uncle reincarnated. And they were convinced that dog was their uncle reincarnated. Well, that's a belief, but it's not in line with the word. Well, somebody said, that she's a person of faith. No, not the faith we're talking about. Not the faith we're talking about. Besides that, they need to decide, is it evolution or devolution? I think that's kind of going from a person to an animal. That's kind of demotion. Being able to interact and talk and everything and then have to go from that to oof, 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 oof. They believe in things in general and nothing specific. I'm trying to close. <laughs> How about believing that it is his will, what you're praying about? Amen. Then how about First John? See, people don't believe that. They're praying about something. They don't know where, what God's will is. Somebody said, is that God's will? I don't know. I'm praying to find out. Well, here's how you find out. You read the Bible. Faith comes by hearing this, not by praying. I'm helping you this morning, whether you know it or not. Then we read 1 John 5, 14 and 15. This is the confidence we have in Him. See, there's that word confidence again. This is talking about faith. This is the confidence we have in Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. Okay, there's something that people need to believe. Okay, I believe He's able. I believe that He is, not just was. I believe He is that to me. That's his, he, he is my provider in this area. I have scripture for it. That's what I'm basing it on. I believe it's his will. Okay, let's pray about it. In Jesus' name, amen. Did he hear you? I don't know. This is the confidence we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. He heareth us. Are you confident that he heard you? Well, how do I build confidence in that? You've got to go to those verses. Jesus said, when he's at Lazarus' tomb, I thank you, Father, you hear me always. Yeah, but, but that was Jesus, not me. God loved Jesus. That was Jesus. Well, then go over to the 17th chapter where Jesus said, Father, help them to understand you love them as much as you love me. Amen. And, and we could, there's a whole lot more verses we could go to. We're, we're just out of time. But he that believeth, this is the confidence we have in him. He asks anything according to his will. He hears us. Do you believe that? Yes. See, people say, I, I believe, I believe God. Yeah, but not as far as you need to go so many times. You might believe it's his will. You might believe, you know, that, uh, that he is that today. But do you believe he heard you? This is the confidence we have in him. If you ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know, that's another word for believe it. Yes. We're sure. Yes. We know that we have the petitions that we desire, duh, past tense. Look it in your Bible. It's past tense. We were desiring it. See, desire is want. We know now that if he heard us, we know that we have the petitions that we desire, duh, of him. What we once wanted, now we have. Yeah. 
Now that's the one that separates the men from the boys and the girls from the women right there. People say, I believe God. What do you believe? Well, I'm persuaded. Okay, what are you persuaded of? I'm persuaded it's his will. Good, good, good. We're getting somewhere. I believe that he's the same today. He's still that to me. He not just was, he is the healer. He is my, okay, we're getting somewhere. In Jesus' name, amen. Did he hear you? Nope. I don't know. I just don't feel like he heard me. Well, he didn't say this is the feeling we have. Did he? That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears. No, it's not a feeling. Faith is not a feeling. This is the confidence. Okay. Now I believe you heard me. Now what? Now I got to go one step further. See, you take step by step. One step further. What's the next step? Believe that you received. That's what Mark eleven twenty four said. Jesus said, what things serve you desire when you pray, believe that you received. That's the one we got to emphasize because that's the one most people aren't doing. Did you get anything out of the word this morning? What does it mean, believe that you receive? That means be persuaded. Build that faith in your spirit to where you're sure that you got it. Based on what? Well, because based on everything changed, my body feels better. No, it's not based on feeling. It's not based on sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. It's based on the Word of God. Amen. 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 Well, 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 when's it going to change? That's not your department. He's the doer. You're the believer. Amen. He's the one that performs it. You're the one that believes it. You're the one that, gets, that comes to the place you're persuaded. He's the one that does the doing. What if he's not faithful? Oh, there's unbelief. <laughs> and then you go about, you say what you believe. Praise God. And then you just keep on acting like it's so. Every time I walk by faith in an area, my head is bombarding me with, with thoughts or the enemy with thoughts saying, what are you doing? This is dumb. I'm acting on the word. That's what I'm doing. Thank you. The word says this. I prayed, believed I received it, and so is so. Thank you. But you got to fight that. That's what the good fight of faith is. It's resisting those doubts. Amen. Let's all stand to our feet. The word is good, isn't it? Thank God for the truth. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. It comes to the place where you, you, you take steps. Certainty doesn't happen overnight so many times because of other things we've heard. We've heard God sometimes says yes, sometimes he says maybe, sometimes he says wait a while. Or you never can tell what God's going to do. He works in mysterious ways, his wonders to perform. I just quoted to you common church lingo that there's not a single scripture that, base it, that you base it on. Not a single. I have not, I've been reading the Bible since I was, 15 years old. And I have not found that verse that says, sometimes God says wait. Sometimes God says maybe. Sometimes God says yes. Sometimes he says no, wait a while or whatever. I haven't found that verse. But I did find, if you ask anything according to my will, I hear you. And you know you got it. You know you got it. See, notice that, according to my will. Well, what is his will? Well, if you're asking, then you're not in faith. There's no use praying until you know what His will is. Yeah, right. That's good. Right. That's right. 
So faith is based on knowledge of God's will. The man that came to Jesus with, with leprosy said, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. He knew Jesus could do it, but he didn't know if he's willing. Real true faith comes whenever you know his will. Then it's easy to go into the, I got it. Okay, it's his will, and I receive it. Thank you. Amen. You, you cannot, just because you know God can, does not really build the right kind of faith in you. You ask any old sinner on the street, can God this, can God that? They'll probably say, well, he can do anything. So that shows you the devil doesn't fight that belief too much. Will he do it for you right now? Oh, you never can tell what God's going to do. See, when it comes to God's will, the devil fights that. He fights people trying to keep them from believing that he wants to do it right now for you. Amen. So that's where you need to focus on establishing the will of God and establishing that he hears me always. He hears me always. And I receive whenever I ask. Amen. If you would like more information about Pastor Jay Everly's ministry, please visit us on the web at soffc.org or call us at 319-366-2147 or you can write to us at Spirit of Faith Family Church, Post Office Box 8355, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, 52408. And remember, God loves you and you're equipped to live victoriously in every area of life. <laughs>